Today on Do Laws, Donald Trump's biggest problem. I'm Levi Bimba, and this is Do Laws. Before today's episode, if you're one of the many millions of Americans living paycheck to paycheck and struggling to get out of debt and build wealth, then contact me, Levi Bimba, at RamseyCoach.com slash Financial Coaching. There's a link in the description. You can schedule a free 30-minute consultation with me to go over your financial picture and to see what we can do to get you out of the rut that you're in and start building that lasting drove of wealth for yourself, for your family, and being able to give money to causes that you would like to give to you and you just are not able to do at this time. But we can get you on that path. Schedule that free consultation today by clicking on that link in the description. So Donald Trump is probably the most polarizing public figure that has ever come on the scene within our country, at least within recent political memory. He came down in 2015 to run for president. Obviously, he won, and then uh, four years of massive media coverage over and over, probably probably the best numbers that CNN, MSNBC, Fox has ever had in history. Uh, but the people who support him are definitely extremely loyal to him, want him to run again, want him to win again, and still think that he won the 2020 election. And regardless of what you think about that, clearly people are still in massive support of this president. And obviously, on the opposite side, those who are uh, extremely antagonistic to him are just as fervent in their antagonism against him as those who are in their love for him. But love him or hate him, he was the president of the United States, and he deserves to be respected, deserves to be honored. We are not allowed to make fun of our leaders. The Bible makes that plain and clear. We do not have the right to make fun, to, to gossip about them, to talk evil about them. It is a sin in the eyes of God to do that. And so we have to keep that in mind, even with the president that we have today, with President Biden, he deserves respect. He deserves honor. We may not agree with his policies, with his worldview, but at the end of the day, he is a president that God has put into place for this time. And the powers that be are ordained of God. Romans 13, 1 tells us that. Or Romans 13, 2 tells us that. But that does not preclude people in power, people in authority from being judged uh, by God and being and suffering biblical judgment and being scrutinized biblically speaking. So we see an example of that with John the Baptist and Herod. When Herod took his brother's wife and married her, John said, it is not lawful for you to have her. Now, he didn't say that you're dumb, you're stupid, you're lazy. He just said, it is not lawful for you to have this woman because she is not your wife. And of course, Herod put him in jail and eventually John lost his life because the adulteress in that picture asked for his head on a platter. But there are three reasons that really show us the heart of Trump by his own words and telling us, that he is not a Christian, that he is not saved, that he, he does not know Christ as Savior and Lord over his life. And we'll see those three reasons in three different clips that I will produce for you. But the first reason that he is not a Christian, that he is not a Christian, that Trump is not uh, within the kingdom of God, is that he, he has a severe lack of understanding of his wretched sinfulness. And we see that in this Jake Tapper interview that he did uh, about five years ago now. But I like to be good. I don't like to have to ask for forgiveness. And I am good. I don't do a lot of things that are bad. I try and do nothing that's bad. I live a very different life than probably a lot of people would think. So he says, I like to be good. I actually am good. And I live a very good life, um, uh, contrary to what some people might think, according to his own words. But Romans 3, 10 through 12 says, there is none righteous, not even one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. So when Trump says, I'm good, I live a clean life, I, I live a, a good life, 
he's lying. He, it's not true. And no, because nobody's good. Nobody, nobody, nobody can say I am a good person because nobody's good. We are all gone out of the way. We've all rebelled against God. We're all fallen by nature. And so when he says that, it's just not true at all. And uh, the clip goes on when Jake Tapper actually asks him about his goodness. The life you have now, when you say that you try to do good, that sounds very different from decades of tabloid media coverage in New York in which some of your wilder escapades were well, I'm talking about I'm talking about over the last number of years okay. I've been you know I mean I'm leading a very good life I try to lead a good life and and I have so you see Jake Tapper who is not a theologian by my understanding uh, just a journalist asking a very good question essentially he was asking him but if you're a Christian how can you say you're a Christian but you're living the life out in the tabloids or sleeping around with different women. So he's asking a very real question, real, a very, the very question that all Christians should be asking themselves, is my life matching up to my testimony? And again, Paul writes it very clearly, very authoritatively on the, this is God's word to, to all of us. First Corinthians six, nine through 10. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, which I think, as we all know, Trump is, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Paul's clear. If you are sexually immoral, if you are a fornicator, if you are, if you are an adulterer, as Trump is known to be, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. You are not a Christian. You do not know Jesus as Savior and as Lord. Jesus talks about this clearly again in one of the parables that he preached in Luke 18, verses 9 through 14. This is in the Legacy Standard Bible. Jesus says, and he also told this parable to some people who trusted in themselves that they were righteous. So it starts off by saying, Jesus is speaking to this, this, parable, this parable specifically to people who think that they're good, people like Trump. So this parable was spoken, was written, for, was preached for Donald Trump and for all, anybody who thinks that they are, are good in and, in and of themselves. And it says in, verse, uh, in, in, in Luke 18, two men went up into the temple to pray one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and was praying these things to himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other people, swindlers, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all that I get. So this Pharisee is saying, God, I'm a good person. I do all these good things. I'm not like this other person who's sleeping around and doing all these nasty things, which we like to do. We like to try to dumb down the severity of our sin and look at other people and say, well, this person is doing this. But if you're a sinner, you need to deal with your own sin and look at your own sin and realize that you yourself are under God's judgment for your sin. God will deal with everybody else's sin. Trust me, he will. But he's going to deal with your sin as well. So Jesus continues here in this parable. And he says, but the tax collector standing some distance away was even unwilling to lift up his eyes to heaven, but was beating his chest saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. And this is why. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. And there is nobody who is really thinking about who Trump is. Former President Trump, with all due respect, nobody has ever, as far as I know, over the last seven years, thought Trump is a humble man. Because just by virtue of his mouth, his, his braggadocio, his, his bragging about how big his buildings, that, how uh, big of, of a successful company he's built, uh, how many how much people support him how much people love him um, all of these things that he said th this this is not the heart of a humble man and 
by the words that somebody speaks out of the heart, out of, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, Jesus says elsewhere in the Gospels. So that's just one of the ways that Trump shows himself to not be a true Christian, to not be somebody who is on his way to heaven because he does not see that he himself is a wretched sinner, somebody who is not good, somebody who is unrighteous, somebody who is uh, a sinner by nature. So the second clip that I have that shows you that he is not a true Christian is obviously if you don't see yourself as a true Christian uh, or see yourself as a sinner, somebody who is uh, in need of of God's grace and mercy, you won't repent. You won't ask for forgiveness. And we see this in the Frank's Frank Luntz interview as he interviewed Trump about this and asked him a very poignant question about his faith. And this is the clip here. Have you ever asked God for forgiveness? That's a tough question. I, I don't think in terms of I have I'm, I'm a religious person. Now, just to stop the clip real quick, if you are a true Christian and somebody asks you, have you ever asked God for forgiveness? That should not be a tough question. Because by definition of being a Christian, you, are, you, ask, you ask God for forgiveness, not just when you're saved, but pretty much every time you sin. Because all sin is an offense, an offense against God. And we see this clearly, one of the most clear pictures of, God's, uh, of, uh, of repentance by David, who was a man after God's own heart. But, all, but obviously he had the great sin of not just uh, committing adultery, but killing the husband of the, of the wife that he stole. Psalm 51, verses 1 through 4, David says, Be gracious to me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the abundance of your compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. So he's not trying to obfuscate his sin. He knows he's a sinner. David knows that he did things that were wrong in the eyes of God. But he continues, and he says, Against you, you only, I have sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are justified when you speak and pure when you judge. So David understood that even though he sinned against Uriah by killing him and stealing his wife, even though he sinned against Bathsheba by taking her for his own wife and committing adultery with her, even though he sinned against all the people of the land as being, because uh, he's the king, he's supposed to be kind of a, a standard bearer of what is right and good uh, and for Israel, but he sinned greatly in the eyes of the people. But ultimately he realized that his sin was against God and it, the sin against God has to be dealt with with God because God is the one who is ultimately offended by all the sin that we do. And Trump, that's something that President Trump obviously does not understand. But he continues in his clip as he answers the question, do you have you ever asked God for forgiveness? Shockingly, because people are so shocked when they find this out. Uh, I'm Protestant. I'm Presbyterian. And I go to church and I love God and I love my church. And Norman Vincent Peale, the great Norman Vincent Peale was my pastor. You know, he passed away, but he was a great, the, the, he wrote The Power of Positive Thinking, which is but, a great book. But have you ever asked God for forgiveness? <laughs> I'm not sure I have. I just go and try and do a better job from there. I don't think so. I think I, if, I, if I do something wrong, I think I just try and make it right. I don't bring God into that picture. I don't. Now, when I take, you know, when we go in church and, and when I drink my little wine, which is about the only wine I drink, and have my little cracker, I guess that's a form of asking for forgiveness. And Asking for, forgive, for, for forgiveness is not taking communion. That is not a form of forgiveness. But you see what he says uh, there in that clip. He says, I'm not sure I have. I just go and try to do a better job from there. I don't think so. I think if I do something wrong, I think I just try to make it right. I don't bring God into that picture. I don't. That Again, that, that shows you clearly that he is not a Christian. Because again, if you are somebody who is saved by grace through faith in Christ, you have come to God 
on God's terms and said, I am a sinner. As Jesus said in that parable, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner, the sinner, the sinner of sinners. You're not looking at anybody else's sins. You're realizing I'm a sinner. I need grace. I need mercy. Lord, please forgive me. And you deal with your sin with God by asking him for forgiveness through the death of his son, Jesus Christ. Mark 1, 14 to 15, Jesus came preaching the gospel. And it says that now after John had been delivered up into custody, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So Jesus came preaching repentance. He said, I came to seek the lost. I came to uh, bring sinners to repentance, call sinners to repentance. Repentance is turning away from sin, turning away from a lifestyle of sin and want, not wanting it anymore. If you're going the wrong direction, you turn around, you turn around and go the right direction. And it says, believe in the gospel, believe in the good news that Jesus died for your sin, that he died on the cross to, t to take the wrath of God against your sin. All your lying, all your thieving, all your adultery, all your fornication, all your lusting, all your gossip, all of that, Jesus took it on, all, all the punishment of that, Jesus took it on himself to, so that he, we might be saved if we come to him in repentance and faith. And that's, again, something that Trump has not done. As we clearly see, he, like he says, I have not asked God for, for forgiveness. I don't bring God into the picture of forgiveness when God is the only one who can forgive sins, the Bible tells us. And if you, uh, and there are two forms of sorrow, there's two forms of repentance. One is true repentance and one is false repentance. It's called godly sorrow versus worldly sorrow. And 2 Corinthians 7, 10 through 11 talks about this. And this is, again, is the Legacy Standard Bible saying, for, God, for godly sorrow produces a repentance without regret, leading to salvation, but the sorrow of the world brings about death. So somebody truly is repentant. Somebody truly has a godly sorrow over their sin, wanting to make it right with God. That leads to true salvation. But worldly sorrow is, it just leads to death. You can be sorrowful. You can be upset about something that you did. You can even feel bad about it. But if you, if you don't deal with it by coming to God, by coming to Christ, then you just end up dying. And we see that quintessential, the quintessential picture of a worldly sorrow is Judas. When he got convicted of what he did, he realized that what he did was wrong. When he betrayed Christ for 30 pieces of silver, he went and threw it down to the temple and he went and hanged himself. That leads, that's the kind of worldly sorrow that leads to death. He didn't come to Christ for, for forgiveness. He just threw the money down, felt bad about it, and then he thought he could, for whatever reason, I guess he, in his mind, his only way of escape of the guilt was, through, was to hang himself. So that kind of sorrow leads to death. And now, to this day, Judas is suffering in hell for that sin that he committed by betraying the Lord Jesus Christ. But 2 Corinthians 7, 10 through 11 continues and says, Before behold, what earnestness this very thing, this godly sorrow, has brought about in you? What vindication of yourselves? What indignation? What fear? What longing? What zeal? What avenging of wrong? And everything you demonstrated yourself to be innocent in the matter. So if you have a godly sorrow, you want to make it right. You have indignation. You have fear. You have zeal to make things right chiefly with God and with, and with those you have offended. So if you have not done that as, a, uh, as somebody who claims to be a Christian, then you are showing yourself to not be a Christian. Because if you have, you have to come to God and realize, I'm a sinner, I'm in need of forgiveness, I'm in need of grace, I'm in need of mercy, and I need to make things right. The Bible says, do works meet for repentance. Do works that are suitable, that are in keeping with a, a heart that is truly repentant. So those, the first two things, again, are his lack of understanding that he's a wretched sinner. The second thing is that he, he has a lack of repentance and, and asking for forgiveness. And the third thing is that he has a lack of holiness. And I think we've seen that over the last five or six years now. And uh, he now the, the woman that he's married to now, Melania Trump, uh, that's, he met her while he was married to his second wife. He was obviously he was being, he was going through divorce, but he's still married to his second wife and met her at a club, according to her, or Melania's own recollection. And and even when he met Melania, he was actually there with a different woman at the time who wasn't his wife and left her and came and went after Melania. 
And after a series of, of tete-a-tetes and, and phone calls and meetings and all kinds of stuff, she moved into his tower unmarried. And so they moved in together, sleeping together, unmarried. Again, that's fornication. That's sleeping outside of marriage. And he was in a fornication and adultery with this woman. And then even while he was married to Melania, of course, we all saw the big story come out of how he was with a porn star, a pornographic actress, and Stormy Daniels. And now, and that came to light. And again, we ne we never saw any kind of repentance, any kind of sorrow over sin for that, any kind of uh, wanting to make things right in that regard. In fact, we saw that he tried to pay her to keep her, to keep her quiet. And then on top of that. Uh, going back to when he was running for president, we saw the Hollywood Access tape come out about what he said about women. And we see uh, Anderson Cooper asking him this question at the second presidential debate regarding this issue. You called what you said locker room banter. You described kissing women without consent, grabbing their genitals. That is sexual assault. You bragged that you have sexually assaulted women. Do you understand that? No, I didn't say that at all. I don't think you understood what was said. This was locker room talk. Uh, I'm not proud of it. I apologize to my family. I apologize to the American people. Certainly, I'm not proud of it. But this is locker room talk. So you can see in that response, that initial response from Anderson Cooper's question, he's obfuscating. He's saying, is this locker room talk? Is this banter? Is this things that guys say? So there's really nothing that I need to be ashamed of here or other than, I mean, he did say he apologized, he apologized to his family, to the American people. But that's not really sorrow over sin because if he was truly sorry for it, he would say that was wrong. It was evil. It was wicked of me. I asked God for forgiveness. I, I pray that he would forgive me. And through the grace and mercy of his son, Jesus Christ, I can be forgiven for that. And I ask for forgiveness for my wife, for all of the sins that I've done. And I am trying to make those things right by the grace of God, by the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. You don't bring up all these other issues when you have done wrong. You don't try to bring other people's sins or other things that are going on in the world into your sin and try to and try to minimize your own sin for the sake of uh, of your self-preservation. You realize that I sinned, I did what was wrong, what was wrong, and I need to uh, repent and make it right with God. But that's exactly the opposite of what Trump does here in his response. But he continues in his answer here. You know, when we have a world where you have ISIS chopping off heads, where you have, and frankly, drowning people in steel cages, where you have wars and, and horrible, horrible sights all over, where you have so many bad things happening. This is like medieval times. We haven't seen anything like this, the carnage all over the world. We're going to defeat ISIS. ISIS happened a number of years ago in a vacuum that was left so because of bad judgment. And I will tell you, I will take care of ISIS. So Mr. And Trump, we should get onto much more important things and much bigger things. Just for the record, though, are you saying that what you said on that bus 11 years ago, that you did not actually kiss women without consent or grope women without consent? I have great respect for women. Nobody has more respect for women than I do. So for the record, said, you're saying you never did that? things that, frankly, you, you hear these things, they're said. There again, you see him trying to obfuscate, to go down a different uh, rabbit trail, not really answering the question. Uh, although uh, he, he, he says he, he, he de has not done those things. He talks about how he is not uh, wanting to, uh, that he's the most respecter of women, that he respects women more than anybody else, which again, is not somebody who shows a heart of humility, of, of contriteness, of brokenness. And James 1.19 says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. And you see that he was just answering questions. He's not, not really hearing, not really speaking from a thoughtful position. And that's, a fo that's folly in God's eyes. Uh, we see in Ephesians 4.29, 
Paul writes, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for building up what is needed, so that it will give grace to those who hear. So there should be nothing that comes out of your mouth that that is uh, tearing people down, that is disrespecting them, that is showing a lack of love and charity toward them. That's a sin in the eyes of God. We should only be speaking words that build people up, that call people to what is right and good and holy in a way that is pleasing to God. And again, when it comes to boasting, Jeremiah 9, 23, verses 24, uh, God says, Thus says Yahweh, let not a wise man boast in his wisdom, let not the mighty man boast in his might, let not a rich man boast in his riches, which is something Trump repeatedly has done, whether you like him or not, he's done this. this is, that's objectively true. But let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me that I am Yahweh who shows loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For I delight in these things, declares Yahweh. So that if there's going to be any boasting at all, the only boasting that we should do is boast in the fact that God has saved us, that we are, that we know him, that we, that we are part of his family, that he loves us. Not because we're good, not because we're rich, not because we're mighty, but because he has shown grace, he has shown mercy, he has shown love toward us. And he has given us the ultimate privilege. We, we hear a lot about privilege in today's society, but the ultimate privilege really is knowing God and being called by him as a son or as a daughter. And then again, uh, Hebrews 12, 14, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. If you are not living a holy lifestyle, if you're not living a life that is in accordance with your testimony as a Christian, then you're not a Christian. The Bible makes that plain and clear. Jesus said you will know them by their fruits. Do get, do, don't be deceived. Don't be in, deceived. Don't deceive yourself into thinking I'm a Christian. I go to church on Sunday. I read the, I read the Bible. But, you know, I look at porn, I, I uh, fornicate, I gossip about people, I get angry and I don't really try to do, I don't really try to control that anger. I, I, I steal things, I download music from the Internet or I download photos or things that, that don't belong to me, all kinds of things that we do and try to obfuscate them. That's not the sign of somebody who truly is saved. Some, the sign of somebody who's truly saved is somebody who realizes that, that, that they are a sinner, that they are in judgment, that they are, are not uh, worthy of God's love, and they're not, really of God's, not worthy of God's blessings. And they realize that they have no hope other than coming to Christ and realizing, Lord, please, I need your grace, I need your mercy, forgive me, I have nothing good in myself, have mercy on me, be merciful to me, the sinner, as Jesus says about the man in the parable there. That's the only hope that we have of salvation. That's the only hope that we have to be saved from the wrath of God, to be granted eternal life, is to come by faith to Christ, believing in him, repenting of our sin, and trusting in Jesus alone for salvation. Jesus is not somebody that we lean on for support, not somebody that we lean on to make us, ourselves feel good, which is something else that Trump has said. In an interview with a reporter, uh, Trump said of Jesus Christ that he leans on him for for support to make himself feel good to when he's feeling down that he that's that's when jesus comes to mind and that's not who jesus is so trump says jesus to me is somebody i can think about for security and confidence he's somebody i can revere in terms of bravery and in terms of courage and because i consider the christian religion so important somebody i can totally rely on in my own mind that is vague uh, and uh, that's not why jesus came jesus didn't die to give you security he didn't die to give you confidence he didn't die to show you how to be brave. He didn't die to show you how to be courageous. Jesus died because you're a sinner, because you are evil in the eyes of God, that you are a lawbreaker, a criminal, somebody who deserves eternal conscious judgment. That's not just to Trump. That's to everybody who was listening to this. We are all sinners by nature, and we all need forgiveness. We all need to have our sins cleansed and washed. And the only way that, only way that can happen is if they are paid for, and the only way that they can be paid for 
is through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, who came into this earth as a perfect man, the Son of God, always did what was right in the eyes of God, lived a perfect life, and was able to be counted as worthy to give his life for the, for the life of all those, for the lives of all those who will believe in him, and to have our sins cleansed, washed away, and to, and to turn around and grant us his own righteousness that he earned for himself while living on this earth. And he gives that to us by faith. And now when we repent, when we turn from sin, when we say that, Lord, we are sorry, we don't want a, a lifestyle of sin anymore, we, don't, we want to live according to your standards, God grants us the faith to believe in Christ. And now, and after that, Christ turns around and grants us perfect righteousness so that when we stand before God on Judgment Day, God essentially sees Jesus, his own son, sees perfect righteousness, doesn't see Levi, doesn't see wouldn't see Donald Trump if he if he repents of his sin truly. He wouldn't see the sins that Donald that uh, President Trump has committed. He would see uh, a sinner who has been clothed in the righteousness of Christ by faith in him and will accept him into his family forever, never to be cast out. Jesus said, if any man comes to me, I will in no wise cast him out. If you come to Christ on his terms, you will never be cast out out of God's family and you will always be accepted and you have a guaranteed place in heaven for all of eternity. So thank you for listening today. I have uh, want to remind you about a special guest on Sunday at 3 p.m. Central Time, Justin Peters, the uh, man who has traveled around the world preaching the gospel, defending the gospel, calling out false teachers, calling out false doctrine, and trying to restore uh, and try to really point Christians to the truth and the sufficiency of the Bible. I, I got the privilege of interviewing him, and this will, interview will be out on Sunday, 3 p.m. Central Time, on Facebook, on YouTube. And you can tune in also on a podcast, listen there as well, wherever you listen to the show on podcast form, whether Apple or Google or uh, Breaker Podcast, wherever you listen to the show, you can find it there or even on Spotify as well. So tune in on Sunday at 3 p.m. for that interview. And I hope this encouraged you. I hope this was clear for you. And I hope that if you are not saved, that you come to know Jesus as Savior and as Lord and realize that your sins can be cleansed, can be washed by his death and by his resurrection. He can justify you instantly today if you are willing to repent and to trust in him alone. So thank you for listening today, and we will see you on the next episode of Do Lost.